By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Cannabis 101 podcast. This is episode number 92, hour number two. Hour one came out on Tuesday uh, featuring This Week in Cannabis News and the business of cannabis. And it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy on this program. And, you know, sometimes I have people say, all you guys do is talk about getting high. And I'm like, no, that's not all we do. Uh, we do talk about getting high, but we also talk about cannabis news and business. Uh, we explore different things. And today's guest is going to be an amazing conversation for a lot of people to learn some of the potential benefits of the wonderful plant that is cannabis. And and you can get healthy by education and you can get healthy by uh, medicine. There's a lot of ways to stay healthy when it comes to the wonderful world of uh, the cannabis plant. And of course, there is one way that we like to kick things off around here, and that's by finding out just what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Pipe and a grape, long and a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So while you're listening to this, if you're grooving with anything when it comes to cannabis, please let me know. Maybe it's a joint, bong, some nice CBD, edible drink. Who knows? It could be anything. Uh, so many different ways to use the wonderful plant. Uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, a reminder, anytime you chime in on anything during the Cannabis 101 podcast, you enter it into a draw, we've got some really cool stuff from PAX to give away this month. Uh, engraved PAX Era. Cannabis 101 podcast, Engraved PAX Eras, and some other cool goodies. So anytime you chime in, you're in the mix, and we'll tell you a little bit later how you can reach us. This is what I'm grooving with. Uh, I've got uh, the uh, the Verivel Yawn Drops, uh, and I've already uh, had some of it going in my tea. Uh, so I, I find coffee and tea is kind of the only way for me not to taste it. Uh, it might not have a flavor, uh, but for a lot of these cannabis companies to say it's tasteless is, is not true. Uh, it just might not have a flavor, but there is a taste. Some of it's not great. In tea, though, it's not bad. And I'm recording this a little bit later in the day, so uh, I'm going to want a little bit of help getting to uh, sleep. Uh, but it's very cool. Uh, they have a kind of dosage 
um, I guess maybe instructions, but a chart of uh, how many drops uh, per milligrams of THC, and away you go. And they have a couple other things as well. So that's what I'm grooving with on um, for this episode number 92. Now let's find out what is coming down the hash pipe on this show. Jane Alcorn is the Dean and Professor at the College of Pharmacy and Nutrition with the University of Saskatchewan. It's it's a really eye-opening conversation uh, that we had for this episode about the work that they're doing, the studies that are going on, some of the results that they've had, and some of the, uh, you know, the precautions when it comes to cannabis. Uh, it's not just everything is perfect and it's going to cure all and there's no side effects and there's, you know, obviously you're you're lighting something if you're smoking a joint. That's not always the healthiest. So maybe some of the misconceptions that people have when it comes to the plant. Of course, Chris Ionson of Plant Life Cannabis, regional manager, and our educator on Know Your Buds is going to join us. Cafe Racer, a 70% sativa, real good energizer. It's like a cup of coffee, kind of. Uh, and that's from Farmstead, and that's what we'll be exploring on Know Your Buds. Our cannabis question is about bucket list places. What pairs well with cannabis is about nature. And uh, we'll tell you a little bit later about the Weed Weekly and how you can get uh, in on that. Okay, so uh, before we go any further with the cannabis question, uh, just have a, a pretty big announcement about the future of this show. Um, we're, we're coming up, uh, we're, we're about uh, 15 days shy of the two-year anniversary of this show, and it has been an absolute blast. Um, you know, just learning, my, personally myself, learning so much more about weed than I ever thought possible. You know, as I've said way too many times, I thought, you know, I didn't know about weed. 50 bucks, here's what I want what I want to get high, and boom. And now, you know, I'm, I'm hosting a show that uh, I think is pretty informative. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I have to take a step back from this show uh, for a little while. Um, you know, not permanently, uh, but certainly throughout the summer, um, I, I'm, I'm predicting minimum three months, possibly six months, but I'm not sure, not 100% sure. It's an indefinite leave. Uh, just things are getting very, very busy in kind of my other side of uh, life. Uh, you know, I have this production company and this podcast, uh, but I've also been tasked uh, by a real up-and-coming fantasy platform, uh, Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, uh, and I'm going to be building the baseball platform. It's not just a fantasy league. It's fantasy sports on the blockchain. It's going to require a lot of work. Um, and, and you know, un unfortunately, uh, there is a financial aspect to it where, you know, that is able to pay uh, some of my bills. As I've said many times, the regulations in Canada make it to nearly impossible uh, to make a living off hosting any kind of a cannabis show. If that changes, great. But for this, I have to make the best uh, decision for my family. Uh, and, and then I will hopefully be back. Uh, you know, we are going to try to do some things uh, on maybe some different platforms where it's not exactly a podcast, but some conversations and things like that. Uh, but for right now, um, as of the end of May, uh, so I'm just going to look at the, pull up my calendar, uh, May 26th, uh, will be the last show for uh, the foreseeable future. Like I said, hopefully it's only about a three-month break and we can get uh, back at it once we've got things going with the uh, the baseball platform that we're building. Uh, but it could stretch into six months. I'm not exactly sure. So I don't want to 
I put a definitive time limit on it. I know I just have to step away to be able to concentrate on it. Um, one of the things that's great and not so great about me is I don't want to do something if I can't do it great. I don't want to half-ass it. You know, if, if you were with me since the beginning of this show, you will see some of the improvements in the production that we've had because I don't want to do something if I can't do it great. And I think we do a great job uh, with everybody involved in this show, from David Wiley to Malcolm LaBelle to Chris Ionson to our amazing guests. I don't want to do it if I can't do it right. And unfortunately, at this time, I can't put all my energy or, or the amount of energy that I've been putting into it. So I have to take a step back. We will be back. You know, we want to get to 100 episodes. You know, we're we're over 76,000 downloads uh, for this uh, entire, you know, two years. And so for a, for a one-man show on a niche market, I think that's pretty good, especially one that's starting to grow. So I want to get to 100,000 downloads. There's, there's a lot of goals that I have still to accomplish with this show. I want to take it bigger and better than it ever has been. But at this time, I can't do it. So at the end of May... We'll be taking a step back, uh, hopefully just for a few months, but it could be a little while longer depending on uh, how things go. So anyway, wanted to uh, to get that out there. I know I, I've had to be uh, put it off because I was waiting to be able to uh, announce a few different things and get everything uh, official. So that's where I sit right now. That's where we sit, but we still have a lot of really cool guests lined up this month. Just some absolute uh, heavy hitters in the cannabis space. So uh, certainly stay tuned for that. And right now, let's get things going with the cannabis question. It's prize time. <laughs> Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Quite a grape, long and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds. Or email us at Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go! So the question is, where is your bucket list place to get high? Do you have a place where you're like, oh man, I wish I could get high here? You know, I said this on hour one, um, I'm going with a private plane, man. First, because it would be cool to be in one, but just to be able to smoke a big fatty that high in the air, uh, sailing through, just would be absolutely, I think it'd be unbelievable. You know, checking out the world. You know, the, the only other place I think that would be really cool as well is like a hot air balloon. Like somewhere where you can get up high, as uh, Val Kilmer said in his uh, episode of The Entourage, not low, um, and just see things from up there. Uh, so pl private plane, and I'll also throw in as a little bonus, hot air balloon. Chime in to win on anything during the show. Hit us up on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, the Cannabis 101 podcast. You can email me, and you can also stay anonymous. Just let me know. Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. And as mentioned, you can uh, stay anonymous with that and uh, still chime in to win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack with a special, very cool, one-of-a-kind Cannabis 101 podcast engraved packs era. Very, very cool. Speaking of cool, 
Check out my vibe on Relevant. Download the app. Join the Cannabis 101 podcast party. Relevant is spelled R-E-L-E-V-N-T. We've got some message boards there. We've got some live audio chats that we've been doing. Q&As with current and past guests. Um, I want you, the listener and the viewer, to be involved as well. So download that app and then find us as the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe. And hopefully we'll be doing a lot more cool things there as well as we move forward. So download the app, Relevant, R-E-L-E-V-N-T, and find the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe in the Weedipedia section. Very simple and some really cool vibes there as well. As for what pairs well with cannabis, that is anything that you pair well with the plant. I'm going with nature walks. I uh, I live just outside of Edmonton in uh, a city called St. Albert, and we have an area called Lois Hole. You may remember Jim Hole, master grower with uh, um, Atlas Growing and Natural History. I was on the program at one point. Uh, anyway, there's a park named after uh, his mother, and uh, it was just it's just an unbelievable nature place. So many great uh, you know waterfowl and and you know if you go there at the right time, I'm sure you'd see some moose. Uh, but my wife and I, Nosy McGee, Trish, went for a walk the other day, and it was great. Maddie at Plant Life uh, Jensen Lakes. I had mentioned I was going, and she's like, oh, you should try this drink. Because, you know, when you're going on a nature walk, you got to be really conscious of other people and the fact that maybe they don't want to smell your joint. You know, I, I, I don't have a problem with people lighting up a joint if nobody's really around, but if you're going to be walking past people in different things and there might be kids around, maybe you shouldn't be smoking that joint. So she recommended a drink, and it was really good. Unfortunately, the the name uh, escapes me right now. I'm trying, I've been trying to think of it. Um, but the point is, you know, the drink was okay. It was great. But the point is the experience, um, you know, the, the, the experience of being able to have cannabis and enjoy the plant without the smell bothering somebody else or, or things like that. Uh, so it's just beautiful. I just love going out for, for nature walks and enjoying the plant somehow. Uh, if I can smoke a joint, that'd be the great thing. But like I said, sometimes it's not always the best place. Uh, to be doing that. So that's what pairs well with cannabis, uh, nature walks, drinks, and ducks. Uh, it was an absolute beauty of a time. Uh, big thanks to uh, all of our partners on the show, uh, from David Wiley of the OZ, from Malcolm LaBelle to the Green Generation Co. Uh, we have a great partnership with, uh, obviously, uh, Plant Life Cannabis with Chris Ionson uh, being a part of this show as our uh, as our educator uh, so I, I would just love uh, for you, uh, if you are out there and you're involved in the cannabis space, support somebody. You know, we're, we're, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break, but, you know, reach out to somebody that's doing a show that you love and say, hey, I, you know, how can I help? Can I provide some information? Obviously, we can't make any money. You can't do any sponsorship, but you can support in other ways. And, and you know, I get great support for the people that are regulars on this show. So. That's what I would, uh, you know, obviously I, I think it's uh, great to say. And by the way, you could check out our supporters at the website, Cannabis101Podcast.ca. You can click on that uh, green circle and subscribe to the Weed Weekly. But there's also a partner section where you can check them all out as well. And uh, like I said, uh, this industry is so new that we're all starting to trying to help each other. You know, there's just a few people that are out for themselves 
you figure those people out pretty quickly and stay steer clear of them. But uh, for for the most part, everybody is trying to pull on the same hemp rope to get the cannabis space uh, where it needs to go. Uh, really excited about the conversation I'm going to have with Jane Alcorn. We're going to talk about some of the research that she's doing uh, with the plant and uh, some things that they're looking forward to do in the future. In the meantime, this is the weed song from the artist Sorry About Your Dog. pleased to uh, welcome to the program Jane Alcorn, who is the Dean and Professor uh, with the College of Pharmacy and Nutrition at the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, Jane, this is an interview that I've been looking forward to having for a long time uh, because uh, a a person that we both know, Nathan Meissen, brought up your name to me a long time ago, and so I'm very glad that we've been able to uh, connect. Um, I'm wondering if uh, if you could just as a start, uh, maybe give a kind of an overview of what your position is uh, within the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. Happy to, Dean. So as you, as you indicated, I'm Dean and Professor of Pharmacy in the College of Pharmacy and Nutrition. And so as Dean, you know, I have the responsibilities of the academic mission of our college. And we have two professional programs, the dietetics and the pharmacist program. And I also oversee our research programs and look after the budget and administrative duties. That's part of what I do. I'm also a very active researcher. My expertise is pharmacokinetics. I know that's probably a term you're not familiar with, but it's an area of science that deals with what the body does to a medicine. So I, I teach in this area and, and I run a quite a large collaborative research program around this expertise. But probably pertinent to our discussions today, uh, I'm the co-founder of a group called CRIS which is a cannabinoid research initiative of Saskatchewan. And we are an interdisciplinary group of researchers and patient partners with the goal to provide evidence-based knowledge for the safe and responsible use of cannabis. And you know, things are a little bit on hold. We've been doing some research, research but COVID has sort of put a wrench into things. And some of the, we have some uh, regulatory barriers to overcome with some of the research we want to do as well. But I think now that things are hopefully looking back, that looking like they'll come back to normal in a dis- not too distant future, we'll be able to uh, surge ahead with some of our planned research topics around cannabis. Yeah, so that there's... in a nutshell is what I do. Yeah, and, and it sounds like a lot, but it also sounds like it's very exciting, especially, you know, when it comes to the, the cannabis plant, because... 
you know, I think we know so little of, of what there is uh, within it. So I, I imagine it must be uh, pretty exciting. What, when and, and why did you decide, let's dive in, let's do, really do some research on the cannabis plant? Um, I guess that probably started about seven years ago when a colleague of mine, uh, Dr. Richard Huntsman, he came to me uh, to help him out with a study. He wanted my pharmacokinetics expertise, but he was running a study in pediatric patients who had seizures that uh, were refractory to the current medications used for seizures. So he wanted me to develop an analytical assay to measure cannabinoid concentrations in the blood of children. So we can use that information to help identify better dosing regimens for cannabis in children. And so that's where it all started for me. And so as I learned more about cannabis as a plant, uh, as a pharmaceutical scientist, I saw an opportunity uh, to apply that background or my expertise to this very interesting plant. So why I continue to do research today is because of the potential I think Canada holds for providing relief to patients whose symptoms are not very well managed by standard medications. But there are very large gaps in our knowledge with regards to how cannabis can provide our benefit, um, which medical conditions would benefit from cannabis, what are the optimal treatment regimens, and also what are some of the potential harmful effects. So cannabis, as you said earlier, it's a fairly interesting, complex plant. It has a number of bioactive or components in the plant that could have some uh, benefit or physiological effects on people. So I want to take my expertise in pharmaceutical scientists and conduct high quality research to interrogate the potential of this plant for particularly those conditions that uh, represent an unmet clinical need today. You know, so I, I, sorry, go on. No, that, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, uh, I, I'm really, I can't wait to talk to you about, uh, you know, some of the work that you've done, particularly in, in the cannabis space and some of the, you know, results that, that you've seen in some of the studies. But I, I think it's also important to, you know, to, to make sure people realize that, you know, cannabis can do a lot of different things, but it's not a, a cure-all for everything. And the, I think, the you know, maybe we'll get into the reason why it can do so many different things. But, you know, people often have the misconception of either, you know, cannabis, they think it's snake oil and it's and it's nothing, or it does everything, which, it, you know, there, there's an important responsibility, and, and we try to, to make that point on this show about what cannabis can and can't do and that it, it's not a miracle cure-all that some people might think it is, but it has, you know, it certainly has some benefits. Very true. And I don't think it's reasonable to expect any one plant to be a cure for every disparate medical condition that, that people face. In fact, I would argue that cannabis is unlikely to be a cure. It mm -hmm. is something to be used to manage symptoms. And so you have to keep using it like any other medicine to manage those symptoms. And I, I truly feel for individuals who are desperate to find something that alleviates their symptoms. And for some of them, the anecdotal evidence suggests that cannabis really does work well. It it's seems like a, the right solution for those people. However, however, just like any other medicine, uh, cannabis will work for some, will not work for others, or will work at a uh, will not alleviate the symptoms to any great extent in, in some in some people. 
So uh, I think particularly today with the many gaps in evidence around cannabis in, in terms of how well it works and whether it's safe to use, we need to be very careful about what cannabis can promise. And we do need to give time for the science and the research to identify those conditions where cannabis will have some important benefit, but also to identify those conditions where it won't have benefit and where it might actually cause some harm. Um, so we need that high quality research to turn that hope into a reality uh, for some of the medical conditions. So I do, I do think cannabis has a place as a medicine for some of uh, the unmet uh, clinical conditions out there today, but not for everything, for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, I, 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 when you're looking at uh, you know medical benefits, as you said, it might work for some, it might not work for other. Just like you know, even on the recreational side, I, you know, I can have a joint, somebody else can have a joint, and we can uh, get different effects because every it, it impacts everybody differently with our own endocannabinoid system. So it, it is um, you know beneficial for some, as anecdotal evidence has has shown, but. Uh, we are, we're, we're imagining you, you would know this better than anybody just discovering what it can be. So what is the process of, of studying cannabis? How, how do you guys do it? Well, we are a large interdisciplinary group. So we, we look at a number of different things. We look at the genetics of the plant and trying to understand the genetics to produce those cultivars that that uh, have high levels of certain cannabinoids or terpenes, etc. We look at the plant from the perspective of how to grow it more e efficiently. Uh, we look at the plant in terms of uh, some of the health benefits. And even we have a, a member that's looking at um, translating uh, the plant into environmental reclamation purposes. But for me, I could talk a little bit more from my personal perspective on how I study the plant. I, I look at the individual cannabinoids specifically and their pharmacology. So what I mean by that is what the cannabinoid does to the body and what the body does to the cannabinoid. Um, and we are, you know, I, I look at from perspective of preclinical, so before human studies, and also from a human clinical perspective where we do, we're conducting interventions in certain disease states, etc. One of the things we are beginning to, to develop, I have a colleague and I that are establishing a, a pharmacological screening platform. And the idea of this platform is to use basically tests that can be done in petri dishes or test tubes to gather the important pharmacological data around the individual cannabinoids and the various combinations uh, so that we can avoid using animals. You can imagine when the plant has over 140 cannabinoids, and we're not even going to talk about the terpenes, mm -hmm. and each and every one of them might have some bioactivity in the body, that the traditional way of doing science, using animals to understand uh, how a chemical will interact with the, the biological system, you can go through a whole lot of animals. So. We're trying to endeavor to reduce our animal usage with this pharmacological screening platform so we can gather information about the pharmacology without using, without using animals. And this information we hope to translate then into identifying better dosing regimens when we do want to go into human clinical studies and, uh, or even into veterinary. We do have members in our group that, 
that look at veterinary applications of, of cannabis as well. Um, so uh, we do have, that, that's a major focus right now for us, uh, but we do have a number of planned human intervention studies, either in human participants or veterinary participants. And so we're looking at disease states such as inflammatory bowel disease, ADHD, chronic headache in children, child epilepsy, acute pain in dogs, and antiemesis in cats, or uh, maybe that's a, a word that we're not familiar with, um, how to avoid cats from vomiting. <laughs> um, so, so we have a number of planned interventions to, to uh, look at those disease states where there seems to be a body of anecdotal evidence to suggest there's benefit of cannabis in it. But as you know, there are many different types of cannabis products on the market with different ratios of cannabinoids and terpenes. So it's somewhat of a challenge to identify uh, which of those products might be best used in the various conditions uh, that I just listed. But that is some of the ways that we're looking at uh, exploring cannabis uh, right now. Uh, so such a complex plant, right? And, and you know, when you, when you have to break it down in so many things, uh, I, I think that's uh, really impressive that you guys are looking at uh, working on things that, that are not to animals, and uh, that, that's very impressive. Also very impressive is uh, a study, um, and, and I'd love you for you to elaborate, that you were involved in when with cannabis and children that were suffering seizures. And, and we've heard a lot of anecdotal evidence from parents you know, uh, the, the very famous uh, cultivar of Charlotte's Web is, is a story that's mm-hmm. out there. But can you tell us about, you know, the study that you were involved in? Certainly. So uh, actually, we published part of that study in July 2019. It was the CARE-E trial. So CARE-E stands for Cannabidiol in Children with Refractory Encephalopathy. And this publication just presents the preliminary data from one site, So we had a multi-site study, uh, four different sites across Canada, and the Saskatoon site is what is presented in this uh, particular publication, which I'll talk about in terms of the outcomes of the study. We're we're gathering the rest of the data right now, and we'll be publishing that uh, very shortly. But uh, this study, the CARE-E study, its purpose was to understand what was the optimal dosing regimen for uh, cannabidiol product, so a 1 in 20 THC to CBD product or herbal extract in children, uh, so that uh, physicians who who wanted to dose their uh, child patients knew what starting dose to use for their patients. So this trial consisted of a, uh, basically a dose escalation where we started the child at, at a low dose and every month we increased the dose. And during that time, we monitored for seizure frequency and we looked at quality of life measures and side effect measures, and we measured blood levels of the cannabinoids. And we had seven children that were enrolled in the Saskatoon site. And these children had seizures that ranged anywhere from 10 a month to over a thousand seizures a month. So what we found in this study is that all children tolerated the product, even at the very high dose. So this was the one in 20 oil product. And 
what was very remarkable, and this is why we went ahead and published, even with a small sample, with a small number of participants, is that three of seven participants became seizure-free. Wow. Two showed a 75% reduction in seizures, and the remaining showed at least a 50% reduction in seizures at the highest dose. We didn't dose us. We could have continued to dose escalate because we were seeing uh, no adverse effects from the high doses of uh, the product, but the, the study was designed to stop at a certain point. So it, it, it was possible that if we continued to increase the doses in those children that showed uh, less than 100% uh, outcome, then maybe they would have showed uh, greater improvement in seizure reductions, but, but we stopped there. Another remarkable thing about the study was that quality of life increased for these children. And uh, we saw very few side effects, and those side effects tended to relate to um, a drug-drug interaction. So these children maintain their current anti-convulsant therapies, and we just added ca uh, cannabis on top of that. And so there, there was a drug interaction. So we just simply, to address that, we simply lowered the dose of the anti-convulsant, and the side effects went away. So lots of tolerability, seemingly safe, and a whole lot of efficacy shown in this uh, trial. Uh, what was also remarkable was that when we stopped using cannabis, because that was the trial, right? You had to dose escalate and then wean them off. Uh, even after stopping the use of cannabis, children remained seizure-free for a period of time. Hmm. So just, just to indicate too, uh, I mean, after the trial was done, for those children who saw a lot of benefit for cannabis, the physician did af uh, afterwards continue to prescribe cannabis to the child so that they could benefit from, from cannabis. But uh, as I said, we're about to wrap up the whole study and publish it, but we are now in the taking steps to um, expand upon the CARE-E trial into another trial called Compure, which is a randomized control trial where we're comparing uh, one in 20 product to a pure CBD product and a placebo. And the gold standard today is a, a randomized clinical trial placebo controlled trial. So that's what we're trying to achieve with this next study. I can only imagine um, what it was like for um, the, you know, for obviously for the child to, to have that quality of life, first of all, that to not have mm -hmm. up to a thousand seizures a month, but the, the joy, the relief in the parents and, and the caregivers and the family members just to, you know, see their, their child, you know, pain free, so to speak. I, I don't know if that's the, the right terminology, but just what was it like to see, you know, the, you, 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 you know, see the relief or, you know, hear the relief or, you know, just, just feel the joy of, of those patients, uh, you know, having that sort of change of life. I, I, I personally did not interact with the parents or the children. I sort of lived vicariously through my colleague, Dr. Richard Huntsman. But the emotional drain on the parents is palpable. Uh, you don't need to witness it firsthand to know how uh, emotionally draining watching your child sees every day where all conventional therapeutics are failing your child, your child is developmentally delayed, and the quality of life is very poor, not only for the child, but for the family at large. So to hear that, or to know that cannabis 
uh, resulted in a reduction in seizures or, or seizures were completely uh, alleviated. Uh, transformative, I would, I would say. It's, it's that type of outcome is what motivates you as a researcher and certainly uh, wants you to continue to work hard to overcome the, the barriers that are, exist to do the research. Because even if you help one child or, or several child, that's, that's worth it. Because if you want to think about your own self or your own family, if you had a family member that was experiencing the same thing, you'd want to do everything and anything you could for, your, for yourself or your family member. So as a researcher, that's really what your goal is, doing what you can for, for those around you. Yeah. And and so great to hear uh, that there were little uh, to no side effects and those side effects went away when altered it. You know, I know a lot of people out there uh, might be saying, I, I don't want my kid to be stoned, uh, you know, but, you know, and, and listen, I, I don't have children, but but I have nieces and nephews. Uh, and and even if the the child was quote unquote stoned, I would rather have them be that and and be in p- pain free rather than having uh, seizures all the time. But of course, that's uh, you know f- further down the road, parents will be able to make their decisions. But the fact that there was no side effects with that makes me makes me very glad. Um, you know, th- there yeah, is a let, let me just yes, go ahead. Can I just uh, follow up on that? So we did measure like we used a one in twenty THC the CBD product. And so we did measure the THC levels in the child. And our, what we saw was the THC never reached a point where, or reached a level that was consistent with being stoned. So uh, the CB, as you know, the cannabidiol is fairly safe or doesn't cause the psychoactivity that THC does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even at the really high doses, and we, we brought the, the dose up to 12 milligrams per kilogram per day. That's a really high dose. We didn't see this, the, the children get stoned. Well, that's perfect. And, um, you yeah. know, that, you know, if, if there is a concern for, for a lot of people out there, uh, even more uh, of the research to, to back it up. But, um, yeah. you know, speak, speaking of doing research, uh, you know, cannabis does have a, a stigma, even though it is legal and <laughs> has been medically legal for a long time, there's still a stigma. Um, and, and, and tell me, I, I guess, about some of the roadblocks that you face in, in just trying to study the plant, uh, you know, as compared to other things that you're able to study. Certainly. So from a basic science point of view, there's very little roadblocks. I mean, there's the normal regulatory issues that you have to address, but the, the roadblocks are easily overcome. Uh, what, where we see the roadblocks is when we want to do human clinical research. And those roadblocks are quite considerable. Yet we have an urgent need for randomized controlled trials. That's the gold standard to be able to assess whether or not the, the, medicine, if you wish, it works well and is safe to use. And um, when you when you see certain groups out there, like the children with seizures and veterans with PTSD and oncology patients for pain management, we have a lot of gaps in our knowledge and we really need to do the human clinical trials to uh, address these gaps. And certainly there's no lack of interest from patients and families and physicians and uh, researchers to gather that evidence. And the funding agencies are, are actually providing more funding of, to research, researchers to do cannabis-related research. 
However, the greatest barrier to human clinical trial research is obtaining research licenses from Health Canada. So uh, Health there you need two licenses, if you wish. One is a research cannabis license. And uh, many, you can get an individual research cannabis license or an institutional. Whether you're an individual or institution, Health Canada has been very slow in approving these research licenses. So that's one roadblock. The second roadblock is the fact that Health Canada does not classify medical cannabis as a medicine. So that means licensed producers are not required to produce a cannabis product under good manufacturing practice standards. Rather, they only need to, need to meet good production practices. Yet when you apply to Health Canada to do a randomized clinical trial, you need to use a product that has been produced under good manufacturing practices. <laughs> and secondly, um, when you apply to Health Canada with a product, you need to have a suite of preclinical data to support the, the safety of that product and the fact that it's effective, at least in animals. Health, because it's not classified as a medicine, Health Canada does not demand that the licensed producers have this preclinical data to market their can, medical cannabis products. Yet when you apply for a clinical trial application, you need this suite of preclinical data. So there's no incentive for the licensed producer to have this preclinical data because they can already market the product. So as a researcher applying to Health Canada, you don't have a product that very few licensed producers have good manufacturing uh, practice standards and very few have a suite of preclinical data that surrounds their product. And so when you apply to Health Canada, it's effectively Health Canada has made it impossible to conduct a randomized clinical trial. So a number of us researchers across the country have written a position paper and have provided it to Health Canada to express the difficulties and the barriers that they have uh, imposed and potential solutions to this. So we propose that uh, Health Canada should either revise their current license system such that the products that are on the market today can be used for uh, research purposes in clinical trials, or Health Canada could create a single source um, contract with some commercial enterprise that can produce the product that is, is acceptable to Health Canada and then make this product, these products available for researchers to use in clinical trials. So that's what we're trying to overcome today is that regulatory hurdle. And um, we are certainly a combined force across the nation to try to address these regulatory hurdles. Wow, that's uh, th th that. It's like the trying to answer the impossible question or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really really uh, difficult, and, and and really hope that uh, uh, that changes. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about uh, the the benefits that you guys found in the the study with uh, with children. Um, just in in all your research, have you found and come across any potential benefits? Any kind of potential. Um, uh, I guess negative uh, 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 health, uh, uh, I guess restrictions maybe for people to worry about. Uh, what else have you seen in your kind of research with the plant? Yeah, so as I said, really until you get into the human clinical trials, you need those to support whether or not the 
cannabis is truly effective in different um, medical conditions. So as I said, we have some anecdotal evidence to support the fact that it does have benefit in inflammatory bowel disease, for ADHD, for pain, in particular in the oncology, chronic headache. And we actually have planned interventions for these uh, different conditions. But to say that our, our work has provided solid evidence to support cannabis use in these, these disease conditions, we're not quite there yet. Um, so we do need to do the studies. In terms of some of the negative health benefits, again, I already talked about the potential for drug-drug interactions. Mm -hmm. So the same mechanisms in the body that eliminate other drugs are used by the cannabinoids. And so you can get a, an interaction between the cannabinoid and other drugs at these elimination mechanisms which result in the accumulation of uh, some of these other drugs, or even a cannabinoid, to levels that can cause toxicity. Um, we have seen some dose-related effects. We saw this in some of our dog studies. So if you go too high with the THC content, you can see uh, definitely um, uh, neurological effects. We also as a group do not recommend cannabis use during pregnancy. We have a position statement out on that because of the potential harm on a developing uh, fetus. So I think the evidence is clear when it comes to loss in memory, loss in ability to pay attention, uh, hyperactivity, things like that. So we don't endorse cannabis during pregnancy and even during breastfeeding because can, can, cannabinoids can transfer into breast milk and the child could receive a high enough dose to have an impact on their development. Is, so, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. no continue, continue, please. I, I just wanted to say, because I hear this all the time and I, I'm a natural product researcher, so I hear this with other natural products, but it, there is that idea out there that because cannabis is natural it's safe and that's just completely wrong i mean there are many drugs on the market today that have that come from plants that have natural sources and those drugs are quite toxic an example are your anti-cancer drugs right so those have a fair bit of toxicity to deal with so i, I think if for those listeners out there we need to dispel that notion right away cannabis because it's natural, it's not necessarily safe. We need to do the work, the, the research to, to say that it's truly safe to use. And the, the one other thing I wanted to bring up, and it's important, I think, is the cost as a negative benefit. And because we hear this from the patients and the caregivers and, and the um, parents all the time, is that it's too costly to use. And until we get cannabis onto the formularies or insurance companies can provide some coverage, it, it's medical cannabis is still going to be made available only to those who can afford it. Yeah, the uh, you know we probably need a few other shows to, if we want to get into what's going on with the medical cannabis system uh, in Canada. It definitely needs a, an overhaul, and you know for, mm -hmm. for people that are enjoying recreational cannabis right now, they have to thank the people that worked so hard to get medical cannabis legal and 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 that. So that need it definitely needs 
to be overhauled and looked at because medical ca- cannabis patients are being left behind in this kind of wave of, of recreational uh, recreational cannabis and the excitement in it. Um, I just want to yeah. ask you, and uh, maybe we'll wrap up with this, is there, is there anything that you were really surprised about with the, the cannabis plant? Like I know, you know, people sometimes use like the, ten, we know 10% about the cannabis plant or whatever it is, but, you know, in your research, was there something that really made you went, hmm, I, that actually surprised me. And, and I'd imagine you don't get surprised a whole lot because you do so much research. True. But what most surprised me, I'm a pharmaceutical scientist, okay? What surprised me the most is that we're working in the wrong direction. When it comes to any other medicine on the market today, we first look at its safety and whether it, it has benefit in particular disease condition. With cannabis, and then it goes on to the market, right? With mm-hmm. cannabis, it went on to the market and now we're playing the game of catch up. Now we're trying to uh, do the research to make sure that it is safe and that it is effective in different disease conditions. So that's what surprised me most because that that goes against um, uh, that goes against our tradition in terms of how we move uh, potential compound to be a drug and then onto a market. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's so it's so strange, first of all, to see this legal industry born before our eyes. And, and, and as you said, it's kind of working backwards from how uh, how, it, how it's usually done. And, and I don't know, hopefully we'll get there where everything meets in the middle and, and people can certainly benefit from this plant, uh, you know, around the world. Uh, Jane, thank you so much for your time and your, your knowledge and your information today. It's so much appreciated by my listeners and my viewers. And I really hope down the road we can have another conversation when you guys are deeper into studying the plant. Uh, I would very much like to be able to have that conversation with you to continue to share our research outcomes. And and thank you for inviting me today. Who grew it? What's the terpene profile? Who created it? What is the lineage? How much THC? What's in a name? This is Know Your Buds, a close-up look at cultivars you should try. Or try again. Joining Dean is our educator, Chris Ionson. Love exploring new buds with one of my great buds, Chris Ionson. Of course, regional manager with Plant Life Cannabis, and uh, this is the tasty morsel we are looking at today. Man, that looks so good. As I bring in my good friend Chris, regional manager with Plant Life Cannabis, uh, took some time off to uh, relax after 4.20, so I uh, missed chatting with you last week, so good to catch up with you again. And man, did that bud look good off the start, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely, man, for sure. It's uh, It's a showpiece. <laughs> it is. It's like an artist sculpture. So what that was and what we're talking about today between Chris and I is Cafe Racer. And it's a sativa dominant hybrid on the 70-30 side. And we'll tell you kind of where we think that fits in on a kind of a normal day, who it's for as we roll along. Keeping in mind that everybody does react a little bit differently to the plant. Um, but this is uh, from Farmstead. And we'll get a little bit look at the uh, packaging later. But they're the rec brand, Chris, of Agro. Green. So tell us a little bit about their history. 
For sure, Dino. So uh, they're they're based out of Macklin, Saskatchewan, and they actually started up as, as a shelter market. They were a medicinal cannabis in 2015, founded by uh, Mark Hawk. And Mark uh, lives in Victoria, but he was raised in Saskatchewan. Uh, he was a very big player in the gray market dispensaries uh, back in the early days of Canadian cannabis. Um, his Saskatchewan Compassion Club was the subject of some controversy in October of 2015 when uh, the Sask Saskatoon police raided uh, the facility and um, you know tried to make some arrests there. Uh, the charges were eventually dropped in court and uh, the clinic ended up moving to Victoria, BC, a bit more friendly grounds there mm -hmm. and went on to serve clients for the years to come. Wow. Uh, and you know, when we, when we talk about, uh, that, that more friendly cannabis climate, it, it really was pre-legalization. Um, like I walked out of a dispensary in Victoria with a joint about this big, uh, for about $5. So it was, uh, pretty friendly, uh, you know, back in the days there. And, uh, you know, I, I love that, uh, starting out uh, off the prairies uh, when cannabis, you know, so many people think the best bud has to only come from BC and there's great cannabis being grown all the way across uh, our beautiful country. So tell us about some of the brands that are under shelter, because I think there's quite a few of them. There is. Yeah. They've got quite a few options there. So um, Farmstead, the rec brand we talked about, Agro Greens is their cultivation and processing facility. Uh, that is one of the brands as well. Um, Wildlife is, is a pre-roll brand. Uh, they've got these really nice tins and kind of smaller 0.35 gram joints. Um, we've got Gnome Star, and that's a, a premium flower. Uh, Journey, that's another pre-roll brand. Um, we've got the Organic Craft, uh, as well as the, uh, the North 40, uh, which, which we've talked about on the show before, and that's that uh, North 40 Colada that was um, mm -hmm. grown by the husband and wife growers, Gordon Kara. And uh, they grow all their cannabis is aeroponically grown. So it's uh, just really, really top shelf stuff. So a really good collection uh, there of the brands. And they also do have a partnership uh, in packaging and distributing uh, with premium craft cannabis grower Habitat, uh, which we see on the screen there. And uh, I am a big, big fan of the Habitat stuff. So uh, I thought it was cool to see them uh, in, the, in the collection there as well. That is beautiful. And uh, specifically about the uh, cafe racer that we're going with, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how this was created. Yeah, so so it's called Vert uh, Vert West Cafe Racer, and, and Vert West is the actual they're the, um, the growers of it. So they're the the craft growers that produce this cafe racer, um, and um, they were created uh, in 2014 out of, out of Duncan, BC. Uh, in the North Cowichan area, uh, right next to the Salt Spring Islands, so where the good buds are, are located there. And, and the company was started uh, by four close friends, Tyler, Derek, Brent, and Eric. And they just all aspired to grow great cannabis. And with that, um, you know, they don't, they don't put a lot into their marketing or branding. They just have a heavy focus on growing good weed. Um, and yeah, they raised, they raised funds, they built a facility, and now they're rocking some, some really unique cultivars uh, that we're seeing coming out of Burt West. Oh, that is beautiful. So uh, let's just uh, kind of dive into a little bit about the, the growing process. Uh, I think it's always interesting for people to find out how the uh, weed they are smoking, vaping, or whatever it is, is actually produced. Yeah, so, so how they grow is in so soil and perlite. Uh, no, no pesticides uh, are used when they grow. 
uh, all their butt is hang, hang dried, uh, hand trimmed, and all the plants are taken care of by human hands. So zero automation there. So they've got a, a watering schedule. They've got everything kind of set up uh, for their workers. And, and the owners of the company, they're the guys also there. They're tending to the plants as well. Uh, they're all super passionate about the plants. And um, in my travels, I've tried the Canuck cookies and the Cafe Racer from them, and both were really, really well done. So uh, big shout out to uh, the, the VW team there. The boys are killing it. Excellent. If you want to check out more, there is the website on the screen. And if you're listening, thank you so much for listening. If you want to check us out on YouTube, we're at the Cannabis 101 Podcast, or we stream on our social media channels, uh, but the website is www.agrogreens.ca. We saw some of the information that they have up there, uh, you know, uh, a fairly, uh, you know, nice, basic, good information site, uh, you know, not the flashiest that we've seen, but uh, the information is there, especially if you want to find out how many other brands that they have under their umbrella. So good information from the site, particularly when you get into some of the uh, the information about the, uh, the cultivars and, you know, uh, the the growing process and all that uh, good transparency in my mind. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Dino, for sure. It's uh, good information, definitely. Okay, so when we get into the history of this, um, as you uh, sorry, I gotta get my I gotta get my lighter. Um, as you uh, start telling us a little bit about the history, I'm gonna go for a little bit of ride. If you don't mind, uh, I'm gonna take a little ride on. Uh, the joint bus here, as I have got a uh, big cannon rolled of uh, cafe racer. Uh, we're gonna go a little drive. We're gonna have a you know a little race of our own here. So I'll get the joint bus fired up. I, I only wish you could be here to go on a ride someday soon. So tell us about the lineage of cafe racer. Yeah, it's a great lineage with the cafe racer. Two two of my favorites and go tos in there. Uh, so we've got a cross of Granddaddy Purple. Uh, crossed with a, a GSC or a Girl Scout cookies. Uh, and that Granddaddy Purple, that's a combination of Mendo Purps crossed with a skunk and an Afghani. And uh, so just three legends kind of mixed into one there. It's got that real purpley, uh, grapey flavor, nice heavy indica. Uh, and then the GSC there uh, is a cross of an F1 Durbin crossed with an OG Kush. And um, the Cafe Racer was initially bred by American breeders Glim Burn. And uh, it's a combination of their two best-selling cultivars in Oakland, uh, the GDP and the GSC, uh, both American cultivars too. And uh, that's how Cafe Racer was born. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't hear ride. you. The, the the music was so loud on the joint bus. I had a I had a hard time. Uh, you know, it's like I'm in a Cheech and Chong movie or something. It's, it's idling right now. So isn't that the coolest thing? That you thing just stick great. the joint right up there. Okay, so as okay. as I get back to my job, try not to light my mic on fire as we did already once as I did. <laughs> okay, so, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> okay, so uh, the THC on this is 17.8%, um, and uh, that's, uh, I still think that's uh, fairly high. I know a lot of people get caught up in the 23, 25, 26, 178 uh, in this, um, you know, sativa-dominant hybrid, still packs a pretty big punch, I'm thinking. Yeah, it does, Dean. Uh, I think so, too, for sure. Uh, I think that was well said, man. Um, I think if we were talking, you know, a little bit of a heavier indica, just be a bit more of a body relaxation. But with the, with the you know, sativas and typically the more the head effects, 
uh, I think, you know, anything kind of getting close to the 20%, you are going to notice that this isn't one that we're going to, you know, like, uh, I'm new to cannabis. I'm going to try out some cafe raisins. Uh, <laughs> not yet, but we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. We always try to tell you a little bit of a, a backstory about kind of what's in the name and things like that. Sometimes we just can't find anything. So we just kind of have to go with what we think it's about. What do you think Cafe Racer is? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't track anything down in my research there. Uh, I know Cafe Racers are the, those cool motor, motorbikes. Uh, uh, my sister's boyfriend, he's got a bunch of them at one point. I think Max had 10 Cafe Racers in their garage there. Um, they're really kind of a sleek, cool-looking motorbike. Um, so maybe the name is, uh, you know, Cafe Racer is a smooth, cool ride. Um, <laughs> on the, the Blimburn site, uh, they do show... Um, what looks to be like a, a badger in, in a motorcycle helmet as like the logo for the cultivar of Cafe Racer. So um, that's kind of an option too, maybe a play on the words there. Um, looking at the genetics though, Dino, I think they could have called this one uh, Purple Cookies or Grandpa's Snacks or something along those lines too. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, looking at kind of the uh, the named after uh, lineage. I can't. I just can't stop thinking of uh, Go Speed Racer. That uh, theme song is going on in my head as I take the joint bus uh, for a ride. So uh, let's take a look at the uh, the packaging. I'll uh, I'll throw this up, and uh, you can give me your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, resealable pouch. Uh, points for me because it's got some color on it. Yeah, for sure. I I feel like all the farmstead stuff sticks out with that really bright orange. Um, you know, a lot of times you go in store, you can tell if someone's got the, the farmstead in there. Um, it's a resealable uh, bag. It's a uh, really good size for a 3.5. Um, I, I will say with, with, with the, the one that I got, um, you know, it's slightly a little, a little bit drier. There was no humidity pack in there. And you know we talk about that quite a bit, Dino, but um, that'd be maybe the one thing I would like to see added on uh, to the packaging with this. Otherwise, big fan. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that. Uh, there was a little bit of dryness, not to the you know the maximum, but the humidity pack just goes so so far. Like I, I've I've picked up stuff that was uh, over a year old that had a humidity pack in it, and it was good condition. So it's clear that it did, that it does work. Uh, but I love um, you know I love the size. I love the you know it's uh, got some color on it. It's childproof. Um, and then the, the look at the buds, I mean, we, we showed it off the mm. top, but the size, big nugs, uh, big bad nugs. I, yeah. I absolutely love it. And the colors that pop off this, just, uh, you know, even Nosy McGee, as uh, my wife opened it, she's like, wow, the pistols are really bright on this one. So I, I'm sure you agree about the colors of this bud. And for those that are listening, describe what it looks like, Chris. Yeah, so um, lighter green buds. Uh, really good size on, on the on the buds on on, on the, all the packages that I've seen come through of it. Um, vivid, vivid, bright orange pistols and, and an abundance of them, kind of covering the bud. Uh, real excellent trichome dusting, and uh, and a pretty decent trim dog too. So it's uh, all around nice looking bud. Yeah, the uh, you're right about the uh, the, the trichomes. We'll get, we'll bring up the close up and. You can kind of see them just waiting to jump off there into your uh, four-piece grinder and live for another fun day or uh, roll into the joint, uh, maybe take a ride on the joint bus. Maybe that's why they're, they're so, so excited. I'm certainly excited by the, uh, the terpene list on this one because, you know, it's, you know if there's like a, a terpene's greatest hit list, uh, I think these three are going to be on it. 
Yeah, uh, for sure, buddy. Um, Myrcene is, is the dominant terpene here. That's that earthy um, kind of uh, flavor and smell, and that's found in mangoes. Uh, we've got pinene as number two, and that's a piney kind of a woodsy smell and taste. Uh, and then caryophylline, uh, Dino's favorite, uh, is number three, and that's kind of a black pepper and spice. So, um, yeah, with uh, the Mount Rushmore of terpenes, uh, yeah, those three would be on there. All right. What did you smell when you cracked this open? So, uh, for sure, the smell is, for me, it was like a spicy earth with some sweet overtones. Uh, but I definitely got spicy earth when I smelt it. We uh, cracked it open, and, and as you know, I always try to give um, Nosy McGee the first sniff uh, when I open the packaging. She immediately, she's like, wow, this is... She's, this smells like the the Seth Rogen drink, the, the and so I was like, oh, the great for the grapefruit drink. So, a lot of grapefruit to her. I got a sweetness and a greatness for sure, uh, but definitely the sweetness was the overpowering scent when I first opened it up. I, I got more spicy after the grind, uh, so that certainly came through. What about the taste? What did you get uh, when you uh, when you took it for a ride? So it's, uh, for me, uh, initially earthy and spicy, and, and there's a bit of uh, creaminess in the flavor, uh, kind of that, that cookies, confectionery uh, taste. Uh, and then also kind of layered over top of all that is the notes of fruitiness. Um, very smooth smoke, though. Um, I consumed my eighth in, in all doobies, and um, you know, it was nice down to the filter, uh, which is important for me when I consume. Uh, yeah, big fan of the taste, you know. You know what's interesting is it was actually it's I'm glad you mentioned the smoothness because when I smoked it in a joint it was actually smoother and you know it's sad to say the joint was smoother than smoking it through the joint bus the actual joint uh was was smoother so you are right uh, from a joint right down if you roll it properly you're going to get a great even taste all the way through all right what is your experience uh and and I'll kind of give you my thoughts as well but you know keeping in mind everybody is different so we're not telling you what to experience we're just telling you what we experienced and man i had some late afternoon energy from this you know sometimes i get that late afternoon four o'clock five o'clock crash sort of thing uh didn't didn't get that today with this that's for sure yeah buddy it's uh it's super uplifting um it's a nice you know an initial head high right off the start gets the brain going a lot of a lot of fun ideas kind of flowing around the skull um lots of smiling kind of a really mood uplifter um with that head buzz though it's not too heady of a buzz which you know certain sativas uh, that can happen to me personally where i find i start thinking a bit too much and i get a little uncomfortable uh didn't get that with uh, the cafe racer uh so it's just the kind of sativa dom i like um probably due to the the gbt genetics that's one of my favorites and um, and those head, head effects, they settled down uh, after that initial buzz and into kind of an uber chill body stone. Uh, very, very melty on the body. Um, very enjoyable. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of how it makes you feel. Beautiful. All right. Uh, so keeping that in mind, what are your three W's? Who, what, and when do you think this is good for? So who it's good for? Level two consumers. Not for the new, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, just with the sativa kind of dom to it, uh, you know, with the THC like that, I, I just don't want any new consumers jumping into this. Um, what it's good for being productive, 
uh, cleaning the house. Uh, I did some graphic work with it. Uh, I, I made some lists and got all my lists done. Um, really, really, really good for wake and bake. It's great to start your day with some cafe racer, like your maybe your cup of coffee in the morning. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's good for for uplifting the mood. Uh, however, watch out for scatterbrain. I did find a couple of times where uh, you know I I, I started up uh, let's say doing five different things and and didn't you know finish any of them, but I got progress done on all five things. But you know we're kind of all over the place, so something to watch out for. <laughs> Uh, you know, and when it's good for Dino, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, comment after. Sorry, I jumped in too soon. Continue with when? Uh, when? So when it's good for everybody, uh, daytime use, uh, most definitely uplifting. Um, so your mind might be a little bit active if you're trying to fall asleep. Um, so again, with that wake and bake stuff, daytime use for the cafe racer. You know, it, it's such a good point. Uh, you know, I had, I smoked a, an entire big joint of it, uh, and I did get some initial like, oh, geez, I was doing this, and then I forgot a little bit of scatterbrain. So that's why that's why I took the joint bus only out for, for half of a joint of a ride today because, uh, well, first of all, we're, we're recording this in the evening, so I don't want to be up uh, too long, uh, and I don't want to get that. So, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the thing about your experience that we talk about is it is your experience. It is my experience. And I learned, okay, maybe this is one I have to only have half of a joint of or, or whatever it might be. Or, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to try something and it doesn't make me feel good and then never try it again. I always want to give it another chance or a couple of tries and then be like, okay, this cultivar isn't for me. And unless it makes you really feel terrible and, but I've never had weed that's made me feel really, really terrible. But uh, you know, there are some cultivars cultivars out there that do bring on a little bit of anxiety for me. So, and those are the ones that I've learned over time to stay away from. And, and just like that is, okay, I'm only going to smoke half of this joint and get a more enjoyable experience. That's how we all learn. We all uh, do our own kind of research and whether it's journaling or, you know, voice memos or whatever it might be, helps you enjoy the the particular cultivar all the, all the better, in my opinion. Yeah, buddy. Uh, very well said there for sure, man. Uh, I think with cannabis, everyone, we all react differently to it. We all have different biologies, different endocannabinoid systems. Um, yeah, so it's important to kind of, you know, gauge how you feel and make note of it. And, and with you there, you, you were feeling good off the half of that joint. Uh, yeah, let it sit. Uh, and it is getting late in the day, so um, <laughs> a little bit, of, little bit of planning there. But yeah, very well said with that. I mean, we're all we all react differently. I, I have people come in uh, to store who say uh, they need sativas to sleep. <laughs> and uh you know what I, I, I to me i look at that and i say that's that's wild because i'm the complete opposite of that but that's your biology and you know your body and what you need so uh yeah it's pretty interesting uh how the cannabis world works no doubt to check out plantlifecannabis.com join the family and get rewarded thanks as always chris this has been cafe racer from Farmstead, it's a sativa on the 70 to 30 scale as far as uh, 70% sativa, 30% uh, indica, and it's at 17.8%. Thanks as always, Chris. We'll chat next week. Yeah, Dino. Thanks for having me, buddy. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time.
All right, that is going to wrap things up for episode 92, hour number two. Uh, thank you very much for uh, watching the show. If you did on YouTube or our social media strains, or if you're listening to the show, thank you very much for that. Uh, please let us know what you think. Subscribe. If you're on YouTube, click the uh, subscribe button and then the bell, and you'll get notified every time we put out an episode. And if you're listening, uh, leave us a review, uh, Google or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Love to hear from you. And obviously, uh, every little bit helps when it comes uh, to that. Uh, we are back at it on Tuesday. Uh, you can check out past episodes at Cannabis101podcast.ca. And you can also sign up for the Weed Weekly at the Cannabis101podcast.ca. Just head there, click on that green circle in the right-hand corner, and you're in the mix. We have a giveaway every Friday with that. Uh, we also have a lot of cool stuff, and we recap the show. So it's an easy way to keep up to date with the Cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you'd like to become a partner of the show uh, or a future guest at some point when we return, email me, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. You can also get the contact information at the website, www.Cannabis101podcast.ca. And if you're into some sports shows, particularly of the uh, fantasy or uh, the NHL draft variety, check out podcastalley.ca for all your podcast needs. It's just right down beside the Hammock District. Uh, we're back at it on Tuesday, hour number one, with David Wiley of the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Company on the business of cannabis. We'll have another cannabis character, more weed words of the day, and we'll be back with the cannabis question and more. Uh, big, big thank you to uh, Jane Alcorn uh, for just the the vast amount of knowledge and, and openness and honesty uh, about the plant and the work that they're doing. So I look forward to, uh, you know, finding out more about those studies uh, that they are doing because I can just only imagine the relief that would come uh, to a family or a caregiver of somebody that, you know, suffering a thousand seizures a month to zero just absolutely life-changing. And big thanks, of course, to Chris Ionson, uh, who joins us uh, each and every week as our educator on uh, Know Your Buds. Oh, nice marmot. Nice marmot, yeah. Uh, okay, as I leave you, as we always do, we're going to give you a little bit uh, of a musical interlude. The marijuana song from the artist Sorry About Your Dog. And a reminder, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Have a great week in weed. Individual segments will start coming out on Thursday. Have a great one, everybody. Here is the marijuana song from the artist, Sorry About Your Dog.
Hey, this is a private residence, ma'am. 